Hello! From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Womanica. If you're tuning in for the first time, here's the deal. Every weekday, we're telling the stories of women from around the world and throughout history who you may not know about but definitely should. Each month is themed. This month, we're talking about troublemakers and villains. We're covering stories from across the spectrum, from women who made good trouble, to women who thrived in illicit industries, to villains in the truest sense of the word. All of the women we're covering had a major impact on the societies in which they lived. Women, like men, have played good and bad roles in human history. To gloss over women who we may find less than inspiring is to accept a diminished and inaccurate place in the historical record. Today, we're talking about one of Australia's most notorious gang leaders. She worked her way up from a lady of the night to a queen of the night. Please welcome Tilly Devine. Tilly Devine was born Matilda Mary Twiss on September 8, 1900, in Camberwell, London. Growing up in a very impoverished area, Tilly was exposed to poverty and crime early on. When Tilly was just 12 years old, she left school to work in a trade factory before beginning her career in sex work. Due to her youthful good looks and animated personality, Tilly became a sex worker in one of London's more desirable neighborhoods, the West End. By the age of 16, Tilly found herself in a physically and verbally abusive marriage. On August 12, 1917, she married Australian soldier Jim Devine. The two were true opposites. She was vivacious and spirited, while he was sulky and sour. Shortly after their wedding, they had a son. Tilly continued to work as a sex worker and supported the family with her earnings. On January 13, 1920, Tilly and Jim moved to Australia, leaving their son in Tilly's parents' custody. The couple found an apartment in Paddington, Australia, a rundown suburb infamous for its crime and gang activity. Tilly and Jim wasted no time getting acclimated. Tilly went back to sex work at the top price of 10 shillings per encounter, and Jim acted as her pimp while also dealing opium and cocaine on the side. Their dual income was substantial, but it had consequences. Tilly was arrested for prostitution 79 times between 1921 and 1925. On most occasions, her stints in jail were brief or non-existent if she paid the fine. But starting in May of 1925, Tilly spent two years in Long Bay Women's Prison for attacking a man with a razor blade, resulting in him needing 17 stitches. Those years behind bars sparked a career shift for Tilly. In an attempt to curb prostitution, the New South Wales Police Offenses Act of 1908 prohibited men from making money off of the industry. But the law didn't say anything about women profiting off of prostitution. Tilly took advantage of this loophole. Instead of continuing to walk the streets herself, Tilly opened a string of brothels. Though she was tough on her staff and expected unwavering loyalty, she was generous with those who proved themselves. For good behavior, she provided food, shelter, and medical care. But if anyone crossed her, they paid the price. Tilly was once charged with wounding her employees with what was sort of her signature assault, a razor to the face. 
but Tilly weaseled her way out of charges by claiming she'd hit the woman with her diamond-adorned fingers out of self-defense. This type of embellished behavior was typical for Tilly. Her days in court were often a source of entertainment for Sydney residents. She would arrive draped in diamonds and furs, and she put on quite the performance for the packed courtroom. Whenever Tilly went back to London, her visits sparked gossip throughout British and Australian tabloids. Readers delighted in tales for criminal exploits, extravagant cars, and exorbitant spending. One individual who was less than amused by Tilly's operations was rival Razor Gang leader Kate Lee. The name Razor Gang reflected their weapon of choice, a straight shaving blade. Kate was the queen of selling drugs and stolen goods in the Surrey Hills region of Sydney. Between Kate and Tilly, these two women ran the streets of Sydney and fought often and viciously. Several of their henchmen were stabbed and shot. In 1936, they agreed to a truce. In exchange for a ceasefire, the police commissioner agreed to turn somewhat of a blind eye to the two women's illicit business activities. The onset of World War II and the arrival of thousands of American soldiers brought new life to Tilly's business. The war also softened Tilly, and she threw fundraisers for Australian soldiers' families and veterans' welfare associations. After many violent altercations and one murder attempt by Jim, Tilly finally filed for divorce in March 1943. She struck up a romance with seaman Eric Parsons shortly thereafter. This time, it was Tilly who was accused of attempted murder. During an alcohol-infused fight in February of 1945, Tilly shot Eric. But despite the rocky start, the two were married three months later. They stayed married for 13 years until Eric's death. Eventually, Tilly's luck ran out. In October of 1955, the Australian Tax Department demanded she pay $20,000 in unpaid income tax. As a result, she was forced to sell many of her properties. Her brothel empire crumbled, and by 1968, her last establishment closed after being bombed by newcomer criminals. Tilly spent the short remainder of her life in poverty. After 20 years of suffering from bronchitis, Tilly was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Tilly Devine died on November 24, 1970, in Sydney, Australia. At the time, very few mourned her death or attended her funeral. But in the decades since, her life and story have become legendary. She inspired Peter Kenna's play, The Slaughter of St. Teresa's Day, and Larry Ryder's book, Razor. She's remembered on the streets of Sydney through a popular wine bar called Love Tilly Divine. All month, we're talking about villains and troublemakers. For more on why we're doing what we're doing, check out our newsletter, Womanica Weekly. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 